welcome to this JLL podcast. I'm Rebecca Kent, currently in COVID-19 induced isolation. I've got two guests with me now. They're hunkering down in their homes also. Um, Gillian Rowbotham, who is the human experience lead across Australasia for JLL, and um, Ness Donhill as well, who is the founder of JobPair um, and also a flex work coach. JobPair provides coaching, training and other solutions to individuals and organisations for flexible working across all positions and professions. Thank you very much for joining me this morning, guys. How's things at home? Great to be here. Thanks, Beck. Um, yeah, so far so good. I've got to say I'm here now with my five-year-old daughter, so we are co-working and schooling together. Um, day two of doing that and uh, so far so good. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. And and Ness, what's your work from home environment looking like? Yeah, look similar to uh, Jill, you know, working from home and I've had over 13 years experience in this, so really experienced in how to do it. But I think what we're finding now is that in this current situation of coronavirus and the social distancing and self-isolation, um, you know, just some new challenges and, you know, rethinking the way we work. So with families now having children at home. I've got my young son at home um, and my husband's actually able to look after him at the moment because he's having a bit of a break from work. But, you know, this is really putting new challenges to um, individuals and families and to organisations around how we work, work flexibly and work from home. I'm interested to hear, Ness, what um, I presumably you've heard some from some of your friends and your contacts in your network about their own experiences with working from home. What, is, what have been some of the highlights, both negative and positive? Yeah, look, I think it's relatively um, positive. I think that, you know, everyone's really trying to make it work. And uh, I think for those that have worked remotely before, I think that the, what uh, the adjustment is, is um, working only from home and no option of face-to-face -face meetings. So really utilising the tools and technology that we have around us, like video conferencing, to um, you know, stay connected and to work productively. And then I think, though, for those that um, don't have access to working from home and where organisations are trying to look at what they do there and work quickly, I think there's some sense of frustration um, from employees that they would really like to be helping their organisations in this, in this difficult time and be working from home. So, yeah, it's quite mixed. But overall, I'd say it's, uh, I think it's relatively positive um, you know, for how quickly people have had to adjust and move to new ways of working. Jill, what about you? What are you seeing and hearing on the ground? Uh, it's interesting. So I've also worked flexibly for several years now. Um, so personally, I, I feel like I was well prepared for this. Um, I, I think overall technology has stood up pretty well for, for the people I've spoken to, which is great. Mm. And I think also people are enjoying um, the flexibility to manage their day according to what needs to be done. So, um, you know, I think as, as a priority, people are really focused on work and making sure that business continues as usual as much as it can um, because, you know, these, these are uncertain times. So everyone really wants to, uh, you know, as far as I'm hearing, step up and get things done um, and at the same time manage manage the family commitments which which is working well. Um, I think probably on the more challenging side it can be easy for people to lose a sense of structure to their day. Um, so over the years you know I found it really helpful to stay as close to my normal routine as possible um, and, and that's certainly you know 
talking amongst my circle of colleagues and friends um, what we're all you know attempting to do so keeping those routines as much as possible I think what, what we're seeing um, is a real shift in terms of how people are connecting. So instead of the office, uh, you know, bumping into people and having the chat then, uh, very much people are looking at diaries, scheduling their time, blocking out times that they're not available due to other requirements or, or you know, they're busy with work. Um, but yeah, I think people are really making an effort or they mostly they should be making an effort to really put time in to have that face-to-face -face conversation over video. Ness, to what extent can we describe this as flexible working? You know, haven't, you know, companies, a lot of companies have already been doing this for quite a long time um, and as you say some companies haven't, they're not used to this and they're experiencing some frustration but um, this is flexible working in a sense, isn't it? So yes, it is. I think, um, you know, that, yeah, there's many uh, businesses out there that have been, um, you know, having some form of flexible work um, there. I think what we're seeing now is that um, people are getting the opportunity where maybe they haven't previously, and so entire workforces are actually now experiencing flexible work. Um, and where, you know, so, when we look at flexible work and, and what it is, it's about balancing the needs of an individual with the needs for business to have an effective workplace. So the benefits of flexible working are vast. You know, they include increased productivity, increased profit, increased um, talent retention um, and innovation. Um, and also um, a reduction in business costs and uh, staff turnover and also staff absenteeism. And so, um, you know, there's various flexible work arrangements um, that are included within, you know, flexible work as such. And so they include remote working, which could be working from home or working from another location, but it also includes uh, part-time work, um, job sharing, uh, press hours, working non-traditional hours and so this is where we're seeing you know people now really looking at you know them, their start and finish times might be different from what has been the traditional nine to five. So to what extent do you find companies are exploring all of those options for flexible work um, and not only ex aware of them, exploring them um, and you know putting them into practice? So I think there's um, you know for the bit for bigger corporate um, and you know many other businesses, they have had flexible work strategies and policies there. Um, whether the you know I think the flexible working in the reality that everyone's had access to it and that it's um, consistently applied across the organisation, um, you know I think has been quite different. And there's and there's been um, you know a bit of a gap in how do you you know bring that to life. Um, and that's exactly why JobPair exists. We're all about providing, you know, real solutions for people to be able to work flexibly in all sorts of positions and professions. And so that includes training, coaching um, and other solutions. Um, and so I think what we're finding here is that um, everyone is having access to work from home um, or certainly organisations are looking at how do they get their entire workforce working from home. Um, and then with that, is also that people are now going to, particularly with homeschooling now starting and self-isolation and, and families living together, we're going to see more broadly flexible working happening for individuals and their families. So really looking at, you know, the hours of work, how do we structure our days, how do we flex our time between work and life.
So what are the, um, what are some of the challenges and the barriers um, in place to completely, for businesses to completely take on um, flexible working? As you say, you know, being able to work remotely, the, the, you know, various hours um, to job share and that sort of thing. Uh, Ness, what are you finding in some of the biggest barriers? Um, look, I think that it's, um, you know, where it hasn't been broadly applied, so let's just take, for example, you know, an organisation has a flexible work strategy and, and you find that the marketing team has been able to work from home, but the legal team hasn't. Um, you know, why does that happen? Often it's a case of the manager or, um, you know, HR's position on flexible work. So, you know, their beliefs, their experiences um, and their desire to do it. Um, and so this is where, um, you know, having, um, you know, strategies in place and, and the tools and the technology to do it is really important. But then, you know, informing and educating and equipping your workforce and um, your leaders to actually really implement that and bring that to life is really important. And I think, you know, something about flexible work is that, um, traditionally, it has mainly been available to women with children. And so what we're saying now is that it's being available to everyone, you know. Um, and Australian workplace laws have um, had provisions for flexible work. And so under the Fair Work Act 2009, um, you know, it does actually say that employees, you know, do have a right to request flexible work. Um, but it has been that it's mainly employees who are carers um, or who have a disability or aged over the age of 55. And research shows that flexible work is actually important to everyone. So, you know, 60% of men, um, you know, want to work flexibly, 70% of women, 70% of younger people. And I'd actually say that those statistics have increased in recent weeks with what we're seeing and that people are being forced to work flexibly. So I think what we're seeing here is just, you know, it's um, such a great opportunity that so many people now are getting to actually experience flexible work and the benefits of it and, you know, and how they integrate that between work and life and family um, responsibilities. Jill, we talked about, um, you know, trying to keep connections with your colleagues and friends while you're working from home. Um, what are the implications of losing those sort of water cooler moments at the office or those impromptu meetings, you know, on the, um, on the staircase? Um, what are the implications of losing that in a work from home scenario? I know the term um, sort of isolation and loneliness has sort of been bandied about. Um, you know, in this period that we call the greatest work from home experiment ever. So um, perhaps you can some light there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, Beck. I think uh, modern workplaces are designed to bring people together, um, to create opportunities, to ideate, problem solve, um, and obviously to get the job done. So I think um, it is important to set up the right formal and informal channel, channels for teams and colleagues to still connect over technology during this time in particular. I think the longer term challenge, you know, if, if we have this as a prolonged you know, social experiment that obviously crisis need. Um, I feel it will be a social challenge. Um, there is a comfort and an identity that people feel um, when they work in an office. Um, there's a lot of research demonstrating a positive link between connecting online and via social media and increased feelings of social isolation and loneliness. 
um, particularly among people in their early to mid-20s, interestingly enough, um, and also at the same time the elderly who are more socially, and socially isolated due to mobility and other factors that might be impacting them. Um, so I think it really is important to make the effort to connect um, as a leader but also as you know, any person within an organisation that's now working from home, make the effort to schedule time, um, have impromptu catch-ups where you can, really importantly turn your camera on, um, having a face-to-face -face conversation with someone will break down the barrier somewhat. Uh, I think, it, you know, really as a leader and for everyone setting up those informal and formal channels, so looking at what tools are available um, and, and really setting that up and, and connecting with the people around. I, I think also equally um, taking the time to listen. Uh, so listen to what people are saying around you. Um, I think so often we, you know, we're, we're very quick to provide a view on things um, and to push information out, which is fantastic. You know, we all want to hear from um, certainly leaders, but we want to hear from people and kind of understand the status of things. Um, but I think it's really important to listen as well and understand what's impacting people um, and what their needs are. And, you know, I think when you have that connection and that connectivity on an ongoing basis, um, we can really understand how we can provide support to each other. Ness, look, at some point this crisis is all going to be over. Um, hopefully it's not too far away. Um, but is there a risk that many of us are probably just going to go and creep back into our old habits of nine to five working, jumping on the train, the tram, the bus again? Um, so all the commuting that goes with it. Um, am I just being cynical? I mean, what do you foresee as the outcome? Look, I think this is going to change the way we work forever. Um, I think because we're seeing that entire workforces are having um, access to this and experiencing flexible work, I think that we're going to find that it's only a way forward from here um, and greater flexibility and diversity and inclusion um, happening as a result. Um, you know, businesses, individuals and families really have it, are having to um, adapt. Um, and innovate and rethink the way we work. I really think that what we're seeing here is, is that, um, you know, everyone from the CEO, um, you know, down to a junior is now getting to experience um, flexible work. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter what demographic group you are, what age you are, whether you have children or not, everyone's working remotely and, and you know, working flexibly, trying to, you know, bring that connection and, and, and how we make virtual, um, the virtual workplace work for us. It'll be fascinating, yeah, to see how that all pans out. But um, some really great tips here for both employers and for, and for employees here. So um, thank you and all the best. Thank yeah. you, Beck. Thank, thank you, Becca.